Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. We're going to be talking about the great Bill Russell, and I'm going to let the sportscasters and talk show personalities talk about Bill Russell and his athletic ability, his career in basketball. But you know what I want to talk about and share with you that a lot of people don't talk about, and that is his activism. A lot of young people don't know Bill Russell, the activist, and uh, we're going to get into that. I woke up early this morning. This insomnia thing is killing me. But I said, i got to get a hold to Dave Bing, and then I just asked my intern. I said, you know who Dave Bing was? And she just very said, well, uh, no. But you know what? The, the, look, we got we, we have an intergenerational audience here. Dave Bing, retired professional basketball player. By the way, former mayor of Detroit, uh, born in Washington, D.C., big-time Syracuse University uh, basketball star, uh, and uh, the you know NBA Detroit Pistons and nine seasons All Star Games Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, and just a decent person and a good friend. And um, hey, Dave, I got to tell you, um, the one thing I always remembered, and and I don't want to necessarily get into the uh, the statistics about Bill Russell. But he had one hell of a laugh, didn't he? <laughs> Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Absolutely. You, yeah, you could identify him anytime, anywhere by his laugh. He was uh, just an outgoing, uh, nice person. And 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 off the court, uh, I mean, your relationship with 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 him. What what are some of your memories off the court? And then I'll ask about. How you had to, how he defended you, how you had to play offense against him. Well, off the court, um, you know, he he was an activist before he was popular, maybe, uh, for athletes. Really? And uh, I remember um, the years um, when I first got into the league, and he and Muhammad Ali, and uh, at that time, uh, Lou Alcindor, um, Jim Brown, Arthur Ashe, right. and Jim Brown, all those guys got together as uh, black athletes and, and stood up against uh, a lot of things that were going wrong in our society. And, uh, you know, he was never one that was shy to speak out and, and, and let you know exactly where he was coming from. Um, and, and he was a leader, um, and, and he was just really off the court, a, a really good guy to be around. A lot of stories, a lot of history, and uh, he, he shared so much with the young players that uh, I was very lucky to get to know him as a person. Didn't like competing against him because he was so damn good, but a uh, great person. And And so that leads me to... Uh, he wasn't known and and I, for being an offensive score, but it was that defense. And I read something yesterday where uh, he did something that was uh, that defensive players weren't supposed to do. Maybe you can help me. And that is, they weren't they were taught not to leave their feet, not to jump. Is this is that something to that? 
Yeah, um, you know, as a good offensive player, you know, you have all all the uh, fakes and what have you trying to get the defensive man uh, off his feet. Okay. And and then you could go into him and create contact and get a foul, or in a lot of cases, uh, wait until he comes down and then you go up, and so you would have a clear shot at the basket. But his ability not to leave the floor until the ball left your hand was uncanny. Nobody else could do that, and he could jump. And and, and and if he didn't get you the first time, he was so quick off the floor again um, that he gets you the second time. But uh, just an uncanny ability uh, to block shots. And Dave, being, uh, again, and I appreciate you taking the time, and I know you're going to be getting a, a, a lot of calls. Uh, what did it mean to you as an, as an African-American to see him become the first coach of an NBA team? Well, it gave all of us a lot of pride because there were so many great African-American players that just never got the chance uh, to, to get into the coaching ranks or into the front office. And Red Auerbach was way ahead of his time, um, and he knew how important Bill had been to the Celtic organization winning 11 championships and, and felt that the key to those championships was Bill Russell. There were other players uh, that were all-star players on that team, but without Bill Russell, they never would have won. And so Red, uh, upon his retiring from coaching, and, and he was just a general manager, picked Bill Russell uh, to be his coach, first African-American to coach in the NBA. And uh, it didn't impact uh, Bill's ability as a player because he was a player coach there for a while. And, uh, you know, he, he knew the game inside and out, and he came to play. He never took a, uh, any time off, you know. He played hard every minute that he was on the court. So as coach, it was very easy for him to let players know. He led by example. And uh, so, you know, he was a very successful coach and then had a very successful life after that. And finally, I know I'd be remiss. People probably are asking now, so what is Dave Bean doing? I mean, he's retired. You you had two terms as mayor, successful business. Um, what do you, what, I mean, what's, what are you doing now? Well, I'm enjoying life. I got three grandsons that I spent a lot of time with, and I have a foundation that uh, has about 80-plus uh, African-American boys who come from a single-parent home. Uh, you Either the mother or the grandmother is the head of the home. So what I've been able to do is with a lot of my relationships in the city of Detroit, I know a lot of people, so a lot of guys I ask to help me out because these boys need a black man in their life. Uh, we're not trying to be their fathers, but we're being their friends. We're being their advisors. And uh, I've been doing it for now seven years, and it's all for black boys in the city of Detroit from the public school system. So it's one-on-one -on -one mentoring, and I got a black man for every boy, and it's uh, it's wow. going very, very well. We have 100% graduation rates, Wow! and about 60% of our boys are now in college. Oh, wait. And, and what's the name so that we can get up on our social media? I'm, I'm glad I asked. Okay, it's Bing Youth Institute. Bing Youth Institute. We will put it up on our uh, 
we'll put it up on our social media. Now, is it a 501c3? It's a 501c3, yeah. Oh, good. Then I can take some money from my cuss jar and uh <laughs> I, i'm sure that you don't have a lot of money oh i see there you go <laughs> I, there you go dave it, it it i man i keep you know i do miss spending the time that we all used to have in in detroit and um joe I, we miss you but uh I, fortunately with your program and the things that you do we follow you so i know what you're doing and Thank yeah. God it's you, and you just keep doing what you're doing. And you that. keep doing what I'm so glad I asked about your foundation. And we'll get that, we'll get it up on our social media. Thank you. Uh, All Dave. right, man. Always good talking to All you. All right, Joe. man. Uh, Spencer Hayward, I, I, I got up so early this morning, um, just a case of insomnia. And Spencer Hayward, I texted him, and he came, got back. I said, boy, neither one of us need to be up this early. Uh, hey, hey, Spencer Hayward, I got to tell you, I, I was having, you know, I woke up real early. So I said, well, let me go ahead and text him. He won't be awake. And uh, and uh, <laughs> both of us should have been asleep. <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate you getting back to me. How are you, sir? Well, I'm fine, sir. I just love your show. So, you know, it's an honor. And uh I'm up early here in the West Coast, but Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, yes. Spencer Hayward, let me tell you, I thought about you because I, cause I, when I, I said, you know, I, 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 can, I talked with Dave Bing this morning. And, um, okay, yes. And, and, you know, and we talked about Dave, you know, talked about, the, you know, the game, you know, and Bill Russell and they, the media is now getting to his activism. But I said, you know, that's really what I want to talk to you about because both of you were outspoken and took on sportscasters, took on the NBA. So I want, let me start with how, how much influence was Bill Russell to, for, to you? Bill Russell was the standard barrier for me. And it started um, one night. Uh, we were watching him play the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And, and um, I was sitting up close with Will Robinson, who later became the first black coach in NC to a Division One uh, down at uh, Illinois State University. But he was a great coach there in Detroit. So he wanted me to tune in my game a little bit better, even though we were, were on our way to the state championship and everything else, but he wanted me to become a more of a shot blocker, more of a defensive player. So he would, he would have me go down to Cobalt Hall and watch the great Bill Russell. And so I, I'm sitting there watching him and watching his, how he moved and his cat-like reaction. Also his, the speed in which he ran the floor was like just a gliding, like this just beautiful gliding uh, athlete, as you were speaking about uh, Joanna, I think it was. I mean, just a beautiful athlete. And we got we finished the game, and then we were like standing between Cobo Hall and and uh, the um, 
Pontchartrain Hotel because they would have to come out of the locker room, walk over to the Pontchartrain Hotel. Yeah, across the and street. Eat right. at the, yeah. Across the street, yes. Right, right. And so I'm standing there, and I'm going to meet Bill Russell. So I, he come over, and he speak to Will Robinson. He's like, well, what, is, what, what student is this? And he introduced me, and I'm standing there in awe because he had on this, this black suit with a black skinny tie and a nice dented brim hat on and um, you know, London Fog black raincoat. And he was just, you know, I was just so in awe of him. And and when we finished and we talked a little bit and he told me what to do, hit the books and the standard stuff. But when he, when he finished, Will Robinson said, what did you get out of it? <laughs> I said, well... I know about the basketball a- aspect, but I just can't wait to grow a beard, a goat beard. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait. You are how old? <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Joe? What? Two years later. <laughs> what? Two years later. <laughs> two oh, years God. later. In the 1968 Olympics, I grew a goatee. You uh, grew a Bill Russell goatee. Goatee. <laughs> <So> I was, <laughs> oh I was my well God. on my way. Uh, but Bill, <laughs> Bill came with us with the with the Seattle SuperSonics as the head coach of the Sonics. Right. And and when he when he when he arrived, we were all. Elated, and we thought, you know, we had this guy that could take us to the playoffs. We hadn't made a playoff run yet with the Seattle Supersonics, so he came in, and we had a lot of guys. John Brisker from the ABA from Detroit, but he says he's from Hamtramck. So, yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> so Detroit. Well, that, yeah, see, folks outside, Hamtramck, Hamtramck was a little enclave in the middle of Detroit. Uh, but go, yes. primarily a Polish <laughs> uh, factory kind of town. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. And we had uh, Jim McDaniel. So all of these guys were coming from the ABA. And I had been out of the ABA for a couple of years. And I was there. And so we were used to running and gunning. Not, you know, defense was not our favorite part of the game. But we played it. And Bill Russell was going to change us. He changed our game to the defensive game. And at practice, he would uh, do his little gimmicks because that was Bill. And he wanted to see how tough we was. So he had one thing he scheduled on us uh, one night because we kept losing, and we would lose by one and two points, and we would let the team get a 125. One, We were losing, you know, like averaging 125 points, you know, because we were putting them up as well. And so he said, I'll tell you what. If we keep losing like this, I'm going to have you guys run every morning before practice. The amount of points that you that you lose by, we're going to have you run laps. Whoa! We were like, oh no! Whoa! <laughs> so we dug in and started playing defense. So the game came up. Uh, the following uh, game came up after that particular game where we won, and then. We were all happy. And the next game, we lost 127 to 126. We walked into the gym, started running. Start running, fellas. Start running. This is a business. (laughs) 
He ran 127 laps. Seven laps. Yeah, around the gym. And then he had cones up, you know, so you wouldn't cut corners. And so, and then we started practice. And I was like, whoa, Bill Russell is tough. But I had seen all of this, you know, being from down south. Yeah, where you, yeah. you pick cotton off and sun up to yeah, sundown. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It runs. So yeah. that, that was like, you know, I'm like old bro rabbit being thrown into the brow patch. So I'm good. And then the next the next game, he said, I know what I have to do. And he told the press, I have to treat these guys with a baseball bat and a carrot. So he came to the game and to the practice with this baseball bat attached to a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so coach was like such a he was he was so cool with us and he was such a beautiful human being with us and he taught us so much. But most of the time we were young, we didn't get it. Yeah, and so. Yeah, now, so we let it pass. Let, All of that great knowledge. Yeah. Now, let me ask, in terms of your story and what you went through, and we've we've had, you know, we've you've shared that with, with my audience, uh, Spencer Hayward. Mm-hmm. How much was there, was he, how did he help you? Because he, he was quite the activist. And I know right. everybody in the, in, there were a lot of people, as you point out, a lot of people in the NBA that kept their distance from you. Uh, what oh, kind yeah, of influence? <laughs> what kind? What kind of influence? And 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 was he supportive of what you were going through at the time? Of course he was. He was so supportive, and he was had, at that particular time. He had moved on out of basketball, and he had started a broadcast career with CBS. And he was just so supportive. And, you know, when all of the players were saying, wait a minute, this guy, Spencer Haywood, by suing the NBA to break the then four-year rule, which was you had to sit out for four years or play anywhere but in the NBA if you left college before your four years were up, which was a – a slave mechanism for the NC2A because they wanted to hold on to their players for four years and make money off them, even though the player can could not uh, make anything or do anything for his family or her family. So I sued the league for the rights to play at a tender age of 20 and 21. And so my case had worked its way all the way through the court system, all the way up through to Thurgood Marshall, who Bill Russell knew, uh, all of the great judges in Detroit and lawyers, Ed Bell, uh, Damon Keith, all of those great people that Will Robinson had introduced me to them, and I was listening to them with a soft ear. But I, I, I didn't know them and was just listening about my case and so it worked its way all the way to the Supreme Court, and that's when Thurgood Marshall handed down that decision, Haywood versus the NBA, and everything in basketball changed right after that because we had a number of young players coming in, Julius Irvin, George Gervin, uh, the list, Bob McAdoo, all of them, they start coming in early. And so that was an issue with the with the union 
which was Oscar Robertson, uh, all of those guys who had set up the union. Well, wait a minute, because the ownership had told them that these young guys coming in, such as Kobe and LeBron and Spencer Hayward and all, that they're going to push you out on the back end. So you shouldn't stand up for this rule. And, and, and the union was like, Oscar Robinson, like, are you crazy? You know, this is the NBA. We're going to be expanding. We're going to grow from this guy's ruling. So it was just, uh, I had so much support from Oscar Robinson, um, Dave Bean, uh, shoot, hmm. Archie Clark was another great right. supporter. And, and, and Bill yeah. Russell. And Bill Russell, of course. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you, man, I got to tell you, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I hesitate because I, I can't do what the sportscasters do when it comes to his stats and his Hall of Fame and his playing and that type of thing, especially the stories that you just told us. But, but to, he was that activist that I always remember. I mean, and, and as I said to, and I'll close out, as I said to my audience, what you did, what he did, uh, a generation before, uh, I mean, you, you guys paid a, a hell of a price. People weren't making a lot of money back then. And you could have literally, yeah. I mean, you weren't making a lot of money, not not the obscene amount that people make now. So you could lose everything, no, no, no. could lose everything. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you're ostracized for right. years because yeah. you can't have you can't have a player going against the system. Are you crazy? What are you doing, Haywood? You losing yeah. your mind? Yeah. And yeah, what so Bill Russell went that through. Way. Yeah. And Bill Russell. Can you imagine, you know, you're going to Kentucky for an exhibition game to show the, the world and show Kentuckians how basketball is played the Celtics way, and you walk into a restaurant, which he did, and they wouldn't serve him or his teammates. And also they had to go into the kitchen to get into the hotel to play. So he said, this is, uh, uh, I won't, I won't participate. So he left and took his teammates with him. Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Sat Sanders, they all left and said, Hey, these conditions are not good. And then later on when Megar Edwards were trying to get voting passed and go voting rights passed in Mississippi, Bill Russell flew down to Jackson and said, wait a minute, I'll tell you what we can do to enhance this. Let's have a basketball camp where the whites and the blacks will attend and I will you know, administer this, uh, this camp. And that was the first basketball camp that we had had integration on wow. as kids. Wow. Bill Russell. Wow. wow. Hey, Spencer Haywood, thanks, man, for getting up early this morning. I know you're on the West Coast. And, and I really do appreciate it. And... Uh, if I'd known you were up as early as I get up, I'd have been texting you a long time ago. <laughs> it's it's good talking to you. Good talking to you, Joe. And let me uh, welcome JB, CBS JB. I just looked up a few minutes ago, and there you were. <laughs> There's JB. Hey, good good morning. How are you, my friend? First of all, I have immense respect. Do you go to sleep, Joe Madison? I got, <laughs> I got to tell you, man. No, but you know what? That speaks to the excellence 
which is why you're in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, I heard a text. I said, I know that this brother is not awake at 2.53 in the morning, but to your audience, the level of preparation is abundantly clear. I, I, I don't know. It's good to hear it, your voice. Yeah, man, it's good to hear your voice. I, you know, when, I, I, like everybody else, it was just sad news. I mean, in these, mm. these these folks aren't, we know they're not, none of us are going to live forever. We just hope that our good works are appreciated in the next life. But but uh, I, I I thought about you, but not as a sportscaster. Now I let me let me see if I can get this together. You you attended Harvard. I mean, you played. You were an excellent basketball player uh, at Harvard. And I assume that uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Bill Russell was playing in Boston at the same time you were in college. Uh, you know what? His legacy was strong. He had actually retired just a few years before then. I was up in Cambridge from 69 through 73. And, but okay. his impact yes. was, is, and always will be the reverence. Oh, by the way, speaking of reverence, now, when you talk about the works, when you decide to have a program where we talk about things of faith, you invite me back, and I'll go where you just alluded to. All right, <laughs> I will, and I promise that we <laughs> no, will be no. with because yeah, we gonna need a we gonna need a lot of faith. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'll be a conversation when we do that because you do so many in depth things across the spectrum, and 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 I appreciate that. But Bill Russell's, God bless him, his impact was, is, and always will be. And even as I mentioned on the CBS Mornings program today. Um, the fact that people say, well, J.B., were you a friend of his? And I said, no, 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 no. I was a friend of the close-knit unit of friends that he had who gave me a crystal clear picture. I was blessed to interview him on at least, I think, one or two occasions. One was up in Boston when there was a gathering of sports sports stars from the New England area, of which clearly he is head and shoulders above them all. And that was at an AARP convention that I was blessed to host that roundtable discussion. And Bill Russell is just so literally and figuratively head and shoulders above so many people. And getting to know him through his friends like John Thompson from Georgetown, God bless him, and the others who were recently departed, Sam Jones, his teammate with the Boston Celtics, Casey Jones, another teammate of his from college and the pros, who was my coach my sophomore year playing basketball up in Cambridge. And, of course, Red Auerbach, his coach with whom I had a great relationship. To hear them talk about Bill Russell is to hear them talk about greatness with admiration um, and, and authority. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what J.B., and, and I wrote this while, uh, while I was thinking this morning, what could young professional athletes, or any athlete for that matter, of today learn from Bill Russell? Wow, great question. Joe Madison, that's why you're so good. Can I just say it's so awesome to be on your show again because you do ask the penetrating questions. What could be learned off the top of my head when I think about, think about Bill Russell is one, how he truly modeled and exemplified what a team-oriented attitude is about, how it is about what gifts the good Lord blessed him with 
to bring to the table for the benefit of the team. I understand that things move forward, and folks may say, well, hey, man, that was back in the day. You know, today is about the me generation, the focus on individual exploits on the floor. Make no mistake about it, back in the era when Bill Russell played, there were some phenomenal players as well, but the emphasis was on team orientation. Number two, Bill Russell was perhaps, and this just doesn't come from me, it came from Bill Bradley, the Rhodes Scholar from Princeton, who played in the NBA, saying that Bill Russell was, in his estimation, the smartest player ever to play in the NBA. Red Auerbach said the same thing because Red Auerbach was one of the most um, uh, intelligent thought-provoking, deep-thinking coach who would strategize as a result of having thought through the psychological aspects of the game. That defined who Bill Russell was. And I'll close by saying this. When Bill Russell was named the head coach of the Boston Celtics, as we know, as a player coach, I asked Red Auerbach on a radio program. I said, my gosh, given the challenges that Bill Russell faced up there, in a very segregated and uh, racially stratified environment known as New England. What did you even think about in announcing him as the head coach? And I love the way I imitate. I love to imitate Ray. He said, Brownie, he called me Brownie. Brownie, who better to motivate Bill Russell than Bill Russell? Mm-hmm. Who better to motivate? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, that, that, that's, that, that's kind of deep. Who, mm-hmm. To motivate Bill Russell than Bill Russell. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of, do, do me a favor. Can you break that down for us for a moment? Because the game, uh, any, any sport, and especially a team, or maybe, maybe I shouldn't separate team sports from individual sports like tennis because the same element is at play there, too is to motivate yourself, not just to an emotional performance, because emotions go up and down, but to be psychologically prepared with a game plan, with knowing the opposition so intimately well to you know where their weaknesses are, just like the late Arthur Ashe did when he ascended in tennis playing the great Jimmy Connors. He had thought through what the game plan was, and executed it to perfection. There is that mental side of the game, and or should be. It's not just running up and down the court yeah. using the God-given yeah. skills and the exploits. There was none better because when Bill Russell, in that uh, rivalry that he had with Wilt Chamberlain, who was in fact the oh. most dominant oh. individual oh. player ever, but it was a matter of putting it all together. Bill had to outthink. Will Chamberlain, because he certainly was not going to out-physical Will Chamberlain, who could do anything that he wanted to, meaning Chamberlain, on the basketball floor. Mm-hmm. You know, psycho. Does that make sense? Does yo, that make no, sense, no I, I, I get it, because, you know, I was thinking uh, one of the things I had learned, and I don't know if I got it from uh, Jim Brown. I heard him uh, at once say that um, it, that before a game, he would mentally mm. go through every minute, every quarter in the locker room. He would just be there, just going through the game. He actually would see himself being tackled, see himself running, uh, and, and, the, and that was his game preparation. 
And if you understand why, and it, that was, and that's how he prepared for the game. Hey, and Joe, can I say thank you for saying that, bringing that to the forefront? Because what is most hurtful to a number of us, even those of us who cover the sport, yeah, I played 200 years ago, did not get to play at the highest level. Uh, same way I here. knew I right. had the talent, but you know what? Because of what you just said that the great Jim Brown thought through, way too often, way too often, hurtfully, we don't hear these athletes, particularly those of color, being given credit for the cerebral approach that they take to each and every game, augmented by the God-given skills that they have. And let me just... Uh, let me just edify that so people won't think, oh, you know, here we go again. So, No, no, no. Bill Russell himself said that one of the biggest challenges for him playing in Boston with the immense intellectual skills and physical talent that he brought to the table, no matter what he did, one game where he had like 22 points and 25 rebounds, but because Bob Cousy, an awesome player indeed, was was embraced and was endeared up there in Boston, the headline the next day in terms of the victory that Bill Russell spearheaded was saying how Bob Cousy's talent enabled Bill Russell to help in an augmented fashion the victory that they secured. You know, why can't you just – but see, those are the kind of things. And when I think about what Bill Russell went through, when I think about what Jim Brown went through, when I think about what Jackie Robinson went through, when I think about what Joe Lewis, anybody engaged in a first capacity to show the excellence that they attained in light of what they had to deal with on a daily basis – underscores even more so the remarkable achievement that they accomplished in light of those difficulties, and it speaks about a unique mindset and ability to focus on what the task is at hand. You you follow, Joe? Oh, I mean, I got you. I I mean, I hear it loud and, and clearly, and you are absolutely right. I mean, it's the old adage that it's, it's it's ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. I used to hear that when, when I Love played it. ball all my life. And you know, as you were talking, and I was I was doing uh, my uh, homework uh, at two in the morning. Uh, I just happened to run across a player that I j- played for the uh, uh, Chicago Bulls, and I did not know the adversity he went through. Bob Love. Mm. I did not know. I, I, first of all, I didn't know he had a, a major stuttering problem. Yes, he did. He mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, and to the point that he he couldn't get work. He could, but he ended up actually being a busboy at a Nordstrom cafe. I I I mean I I did not know that. Yes. Hold on, Joe. So you're educating me. Yes, after Joe after after his playing days. After his playing days, he he couldn't get a job, um, and he 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 would he would. And I think this was up maybe in San Francisco, the Bay Area. I'm not certain, but you can you know you can Google it. And he was a busboy. It was for making four dollars and fifty cents an hour, and. And and one of the things that used depressed him in such a way, he the people would come in, 
who recognized him. Is that Bob Law? And and oh, and sometimes you know former players. What is he doing busting tables at a Nordstrom cafe? Now let me fast forward. NBA found out about it, and he ended up getting help. He ended up getting help uh, and going to stuttering, and, yep. and to learn how you know stop his stuttering. And mm-hmm. the uh, I guess the Chicago Bulls gave him a job like as a community. Director of Community Affairs, mm-hmm. and now he gives speeches. I mean, at least at mm-hmm. the time I was reading this, and I did not know that about Bob Law. But it speaks to what you, kind of what you just said. Th- these are these are not just players. These are like Bill Russell said. I'm a man. I'm a man Absolutely. first. That just Absolutely. happens to play ball. What happens after the, the the game is over? What's my life like? And he, he, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a story. I, you know, maybe somebody you might think about checking out and interviewing. If I, I guess he's still around. I'm not 100% certain. I don't and, like, you know. And you know what? Can I just say thank you for educating me in that regard? But it's sad to say I'm not surprised because in all the years that I've been one either playing and a part of sports, and certainly around sports in terms of my avocation. Right. I'm not surprised yeah. because it really speaks to a deep-seated mindset where many would think only in superficial terms or physical terms about what someone brings to the table as a great athlete. That should translate to say, you know what, there is and there are mental gifts there that they are applying on their surface, their their classroom, if you will, the football field, the baseball diamond, uh, the basketball floor, that can be translated into success in a game of life. But how many folks are actually engaged with them in helping to create yeah. that next move? Marion Motley from the Cleveland Browns, awesome on the football field. And when he went to seek a job with the team Couldn't get to be it. able to apply those yeah. after it, exactly. Yeah. The owner was saying, well, hey, look, I can get you a job down at the factory. Now, let me be clear. You I, and I, I already I got know about, this, but I, I just want to – About 30 seconds. Yeah, go ahead. I'm okay. Sorry. That many times – Folks will assume that there is a ceiling of what they can do, and that's what we see many doing. It is the um, the attitude that you bring to the job and the dignity that you bring to the job, but folks like us shouldn't only be thought of that that's all they can do. Hey, man, you are you are the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, you are the GOAT. I, I, I respect and love you so much, and, the, and thank you so much for responding. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.